Hi, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Numbers. This is the show where we dig a little deeper to understand what really matters most in business. I'm Dave Bookbinder, Senior Director at uh, CFGI. almost said my former company's name. We were recently acquired by CFGI. Nonetheless, I'm a Senior Director at CFGI, and uh, where I help my clients with their most important accounting and finance matters. I invite you to reach out to me, connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Today, we're going to be talking about the world of IT, information technology, with Anthony Mangeluzzo, who you may have seen before on Fox News National, Fox News Local here in the Philadelphia area. He's the president of PCS. Anthony, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about who you are and PCS, and then we'll jump into the, uh, the issues that are facing companies today in the IT world? Sure. Uh, so I'm the, I'm the president of an IT managed service company, which basically means we go into businesses, nonprofits, government entities, and essentially take over their IT services. That's about 80% of the time. The other 20% we're augmenting some services. So maybe they have a good ground team, but they need some strategy. So we become the CIO and help guide them. Um, or in other cases, they have great leadership, but with today's employment challenges, it's tough to find talent. So we'll come in and we'll take over as their help desk. So basically we, we fill the need with IT. Yeah, I think everybody who's watching and listening has had some experience with help desk throughout their career, and usually it's not good. Exactly. Yeah. Which we appreciate, by the way. <laughs> we, we make it good. I'm sure. What, what size companies are you serving? Uh, we're everywhere. It's, it's kind of interesting, right? So we have um, clients that have two, three, four people, and uh, one of our largest clients is the fifth largest medical device manufacturer in the world. So um, I remember when I was young, starting up, and um, a, a vendor would not give me health insurance. <clears throat> I didn't have enough people. And um, that vendor, when I hit 50, 100, 150, they want to take me to Eagles games. I'm a Patriots fan, by the way, so that won't work. Um, but <clears throat> I look back, and I'm like, if they believed in me then, they would have a really nice account now. So that's why we service everything. Yeah, that's a really good point and a good topic for another subject about business relationships. But let, let's focus on the IT world right now. So what are some of the vulnerabilities that companies are facing day to day in the IT world? Bad. And there's a litany of them, I know. Yeah, I mean, we, that could be that could be a month of shows, but I'll just focus on one, ransomware. Um, basically, that's when you open an email attachment, um, you might have an open uh, remote server, and literally, these bad guys, they encrypt all the files on your system, and they hold the key. They go like this, hey, you want the key? You want your files back? 12,000 bucks. 15,000 bucks, 20,000 bucks. The city of Philadelphia was down the court system for months, I think two months over there. Wow. Um, and the interesting thing is most of the time, that's not even targeting your technology. The new, the new frontier of hacking is hacking us. It's hacking people. It's much easier for me to get you to click a link than to crack through your operating system. So people are the biggest threat, believe it or not, in IT. Oh, yeah. I mean, I see it every day, right? There's phishing scams that go on. We get all kinds of notifications about don't click here. This is a test and so forth. But External email, do not. Yeah, yeah and, but they're, they're so compelling. They look like they're from legitimate addresses. Sometimes they look like they're from your own email address. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, And, and I think when people are clicking on them, they're, they're kind of lulled to sleep by what they're doing um, before they look at that email. They see something that looks somewhat familiar and comfortable, and they just jump into it. Well, they're on the phone, they're sending a text message, because yeah. we're all distracted, right? No one's present anymore. So, okay, I'm answering this text message, I'm on speakerphone, and this email comes in that looks pretty legit, and it says, my shipment didn't come through. I'm like, what? Why did my shipment come through? 
by the way, you haven't you haven't even ordered anything. Why would you have a shipment? But you still click it. Yeah, I've gotten emails from our CEO. Uh, do you have a few minutes to chat? Yep. And uh, so, what, what can people do? You talked about mindfulness, and that's a whole yep. different topic too. But when you're in that mode, what, what's the advice? Obviously, pause. But what can they look for? Whether it's a personal email, work work email, how can they identify whether or not this thing may maybe legit? So the one easy way, and nobody does it. Just hover your mouse over the link they want you to click and actually look to where that link's taking you. I could give you a hyperlink that says www.google.com, but if you hover your mouse over it, it might be google.xyznews.com. Well, it's not Google at that point. Yeah. Um, the second thing is what I always say, especially when it comes to money wiring or other things, we have this old technology as human beings. It's called voice. I call it high-speed voice technology. <laughs> if someone sends you an email that doesn't look legit, or it look when you talk, you and I email right. You know how I email, and you would know if I'm if I was like, hey, Mr. Bookbinder, how are you? There's a way that we communicate. So if there's this much fear or doubt, pick up the phone, call them. That's yeah. the only way to fully validate. So let's talk about some other vulnerabilities. What's the what's the cloud? This amorphous cloud where data lives. Yeah. How, how do how do people manage the cloud? So the funny thing is the cloud's fake, right? There is no cloud. The cloud's been around since the early 90s, right? Did you have an AOL email account back in the day? I still do, yeah. Actually, I still do. That's how my mom communicates with me. But I use um, my Gmail account, but yes, I still have an old AOL. So think about this, right? In 1990, when you had your dial-up internet with your 28.8 modem, you were getting your email from the cloud. You know, everyone's trying to pretend like, oh, the cloud's a new thing. It's not. Whether your server room is in your office or at some data center, it's on the internet. As soon as you plug in, your desktop's on the cloud, right? You're part of yeah. a big network. So managing the cloud is just is really more of a financial situation, right? It's what makes the most sense. Does your building have good power? Do you have access to high-speed internet? What are your risks? So cloud is part of a bigger business strategy overall. So I'm a big fan of strategic use of the cloud, right? There's certain things that make a lot of sense on the cloud. Email, 100%. Backups, right? You, yeah. Why would you have a local backup in your building? You want to have one so it's there, but you need that off-site. Um, so for me, it's really, it's really more of a strategic use. The cloud is a tool of a bigger arsenal. Gotcha. Um, you have an interesting story that you shared with me briefly about how you actually did some hacking on behalf of a client. Oh, God. Would you mind sharing that story with yeah, the sure. audience? There's a bunch of them. So I'm part of a uh, company that does uh, digital forensics, e-discovery, and uh, invested in about six years ago. And um, the one I think we're referring to is the uh, LinkedIn one. Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, that's the so, one. So one way we got into an international company was we scoured their LinkedIn, right? We got the organizational chart. So we knew who the CFO was, who the HR director was, different key people. From there, we sent an email to one of the employees just inquiring about a job. Well, what they did was they wrote us back. Boom, we got their email signature now. We went online for 13 bucks and bought a domain that was one letter off from their corporate domain. Now, we duplicated their website, right? It's a public domain, not that hard to do. It's, they already put it out to the public. And then from there, we crafted an email message to the company because we knew the email format first, initial, last name, yeah. after domain, by the way, with our now beautiful email signature. And we basically said, hey, listen, you know, cybersecurity is a big issue. Uh, we're dealing with our insurance company. We want to make sure our rates stay low so we can give you the best pay still. Um, please click this link for a password recovery or password strength test. And um, if it complies, it'll let you know if your password's too weak. We'll tell you. By the way, everyone's password was good. Yeah. We approved it all. <laughs> and um, we sent that out as the um, HR director and said, listen, if you have any questions, call our IT guy. 
high-speed voice technology. Then we'll call the IT guy. It's like, okay, well, Cheryl sent this. John's in IT. It's the email signature. Yeah. You click the link. It looks good. The website's the same. They gave us their passwords. Wow. So from there, I mean, and the sad thing is 20% of the executive team, and they have a pretty big executive team, shared that information with us. So. Yeah, if the bad guys want your data, they're going to get it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, and that's just, that's just one small example. I mean, we go in the buildings, we'll duplicate the shirts, we'll make ID badges, we'll walk in the place like we own it. And if you're looking at a 1,000, 2,000 person company, half the people that work there don't even know each other. So if you have the shirt and a badge that looks pretty good, like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, we do, it, we do it for a living. I mean, and here's the good thing you want us to hack you? Before the bad guys, though. Oh, yeah, no question. Let us plug the holes up because, you know, we'll take your money in an invoice form. They'll take your life. Yeah, very true. Uh, before we go any further, for the people who are watching and listening and want to learn more about you or how they can work with you, what's the best way to get in touch with Anthony Mangeluzzo? Uh Very easy. Anthony at helpmepcs.com. And our website is obviously helpmepcs.com. Sounds good. So if the bad guys do succeed, what, what's the recourse? What do you do next? That's, that's a tough part. I mean, number one, you know, I'm not, I'm not an insurance person, but you think I would be because I beg people to buy cyber insurance, right? Your general policy does not cover you. And one common myth is even like the piece of paper you have there, right? If someone goes in your office, you're cleaning people, they steal your documents from your desk. That's actually not a general insurance. That's data. That's cyber insurance. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Wow, fun fact. Thank you for sharing that. Can we talk a little bit about personal devices? Yeah, sure. So I think there's a, a misconception, perhaps, that iPhones are not subject to viruses. And when the Alexa device, for example, is sitting in your living room, uh, now we're starting to hear that perhaps Alexa is listening. Oh, it is listening. Yeah. And who else is listening? They're all listening. I covered a story on Fox about a month ago on this, and um, it was kind of creepy in a way. I brought my Alexa device in. It wasn't plugged into the internet. I was actually just testing out in the green room, but I wasn't connected to Fox's network. And when I went and sat on stage next to Jarek, uh, I looked at my phone, I'm like, how did that get there? It actually had the phrase that I said in the green room on my phone. Wow. And um, so yeah, they're all listening. I mean, Apple's come out with it, Facebook's come out with it. It's, it's now, and they do it under the guise of quality assurance. You know, there's, there's been times where apparently some Amazon workers were terrified where there was robberies, domestic abuse, and other things, and they can't even report on it because it's, you know, they're not allowed to make those, you know, make those claims or anything because they're not supposed to be listening, but they are listening, but you're private and secure. Yeah, because Siri is always listening. I know at, at dinner uh, we'll have a conversation. Next thing you know, the, the phone's chirping across the room. How can I help you? Or I can't find that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even talking to you. Well, I'll give you something creepy. A guy that a guy that's part of my team uh, was on the Israeli. It was in the Israeli army, and as a test, they put two groups of twenty-five people in separate rooms with an envelope. They didn't open the envelope until they got into that room, and they were told just to discuss that topic. Each individual test group, when they came out of that room. The phone was shooting ads based on what they talked about on that envelope. Is that right? Wow. Okay. So people are listening. What's, what's yep. the advice? What's the advice then for individuals regarding these personal devices and how they can protect their information? I hate to say it, we're we're big brother at this point. Like I would yeah. tell you to shut off your location services and shut off your microphone, but you know it came out a year and a half ago. If you disabled every service of Google on their phone. It still tracked you. Yeah. So you could do everything right, but the underlying technology is still controlled by someone else. So you're wired, right? You're live. You're connected to the grid. Okay, I shut off my microphone. Who's not to say someone in the back end doesn't have a switch? So, I mean, my advice is just live your life. Okay. I mean, if, if, guess what? I, mean, I could smash my phone, right? 
but your phone's in your pocket, so now your phone's listening to me. <laughs> like, so you, you, you just can't, I, I mean, I hate to say it, right? But you just can't control it. Yeah. Talk to me about Facebook. Facebook gets a lot of bad rep. Do they earn it? Oh, well-deserved, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure it started off as a great cause, um, but yeah, I mean, look, Facebook's in the business to make money, and what's their product? It's us. Yeah. I think we've got to take a quick commercial break. I just got the sign from the producer. So, Anthony, stay right there. You watching and listening, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers with Anthony Mangeluzzo. Paper, direct mail, or a magazine ad, you can leave our studio and within 48 hours have a permanent digital copy of your live segment to link to your social media, embed into your company website, or use in email marketing. Investing in your brand is so very important, and we can't wait to have you as a guest. Shelter dogs aren't broken. They've simply experienced more life. If they were human, we would call them wise. They would be the ones with tales to tell and stories to write. The ones dealt a bad hand who responded with courage. Do not pity a shelter dog. Adopt one. Say we've got grit, and we'll take it as a compliment. Because it's our uncommon drive, our spark within, that brings us together and sets us apart. We are temple made. And when others take shortcuts, when others take breaks, when others take the easy way, we take charge. Add us on social media to watch bloopers, behind the scenes footage, previews, and more. I work 13 hours a day, six days a week. So when I'm off the clock, I gotta get stuff done. So when I need a snack. Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder. We're talking IT today with Anthony Mangeluzzo, star of Fox National News and Fox oh, yeah. Local here in Philly. So thanks for joining us, Anthony. Um, we had a good conversation in the first segment around kind of what you do and the issues that companies and individuals are facing in the IT world. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your personal background because besides doing what you do, you're the president of your firm. You started it from scratch. Uh, and I happen to know you've, you've done a tremendous job and you've built a wonderful culture. Talk a little bit about how you got involved in entrepreneurship when you start, first started getting involved in computers and what inspired you to get into business. So a lot of dumb luck, right? You know, it's all, it's all just a random path, I'll call it. But um, you know, my first entrepreneurial venture, I was about 14 years old and I was buying and selling used Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. I used to go to the church flea markets over in Southwest Philly and, you know, the old stock method, right? Buy low, sell high. Yeah. Um, so I was able to, you know, build a pretty good business by the time I was 15 and a, a video game company, Funko Land, bought me out. Um, they're, they're non-existent now. They turned into EB Games and all that, but I'll never forget my dad had a sign as Anthony Mangeluzzo because I wasn't old enough to legally sell my business at that point. Um, so after that, I took that money. I invested into what's called a bulletin board system. You know, the old computer guys are watching like, yeah, but most people don't even know what it is. But basically, a BBS was a predecessor to AOL. I gave people access to the Internet. 
Um, so I had, you know, 130 paying customers that would call my house to, to get on the internet, to play games, to download stuff. And um, I learned my first business lesson. My parents moved to New Jersey and uh, long distance was very expensive back in the day. So I lost my business overnight outside, <laughs> outside venture there. And, um, you know, when I was at Rowan, I just started fixing computers, helping people out. And that's really the... Uh, the predecessor or how PCS or back in the day pro computer service started. I was, I was Geek Squad before Geek Squad. Wow. Al Gore somewhere is out there listening and wondering about your access to the internet. Oh yeah, so. I probably gave him access to the internet. You probably did. You shared an interesting story with me before about uh, your need to wear neckties. And I don't think I've ever seen you without a necktie. That's Why true. Is that? So I um, started my business up, it was summertime, I'll never forget it. I walked into uh, Prudential Fox and Roach at the time and the window was open. And I won't say, uh, there was a couple expletives involved, but as I'm walking in, I hear, who is this kid? And the mortgage guy, Paulie, said, oh, that's Anthony, that's the PC Pro. And he said, the kid looks like he's 15 years old, he's gonna fix our network? So I go home, my dad's laying on the couch in silk pajamas, and I'm kind of bummed out. My dad's like, ah, what's the matter? I said, no one's taking me serious. Like, I was dressed nice, I had khakis, a sweater, you know, well-dressed for a computer guy. Yeah. And, um, I said, yeah, no one's taking me serious, Dad. They say I look too young. He goes, put on a, put on a tie. So I put on a tie. The next month, I did 2000 bucks in business. You know, my, my average, my big month was like $800. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I did two grand. I'm going to put on a tie. And, you know, I didn't take it off since then. So maybe it made me look older. Now I want to look younger. Yeah, <laughs> maybe take it off now or something. I don't know. No, you got good looks, man. You're all good. Um, how many employees do you have right now at PCS? Uh, we're floating around 160, 165. Uh, we're growing. We're hiring. Um, I, this year, we probably brought on, it's, it's almost November, probably about another 40 team members. It's, it's insane. It's insane growth right now. Yeah, so full disclosure for the audience, um, Anthony, shared, you shared your story with me about how you've grown your company, and it was so compelling that I invited you to be, a, we'll call it a case study, uh, and be a feature in this new ROI series, when ultimately will be the second book. Uh, talk a little bit about how you've built an intentional culture and what that's meant for your organization. So I, I feel like I'm lucky in a sense where, you know, when I started the business, right, I was a fresh-faced college guy and always wanted to have that love, right? I always wanted to have people not just to come to work because the way I look at it, right, most people work more than eight hours a day and you're supposed to sleep eight hours a day. So work works over a third of your life, right? So you should do something that you absolutely love with people that you care about. So I basically work every day to build a culture and a family because at the end of the day, right, you all have, you have to get up, you have to make money, you have to pay your bills, but why not love it? Like all these sitcoms and all these different people, like, oh, they always hate their boss or work stinks or why do I got to do this? Like, I want people that want to come take over the world, right? I want to, I want to, like, our, our goal right now is to take over the East Coast. And once we do that, we're not quitting. We're going to take over the country. But I want, I want people that are so passionate about what we do that they're ready to conquer every day. And that's why we're growing. I mean, think about this. We have 160 plus people of one full-time salesperson. People think it's baffling. And I mean, look, I'm out there selling and you know, there's a couple people that do different things, but we have right. one person on payroll that their job is sales. Most companies our size have a half a dozen. Yeah. So the way I describe something like that, and it's a great story, is when you've got people who are bought into this culture and they're, they're all rowing in the same direction, you've got missionaries. They're out there evangelizing. Yep. They're, they're, you're not mercenaries who would leave your organization for just, you know, the 25 cents an hour or what have you. Right. And you know what? You know what? Uh, and I'm, I'm for them, too. It's, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, just as much as they have the company's back, I have their back. I mean, I could tell you over the years, I've bought engagement rings, cars, so many different things for just different life moments because they- These are for they, your employees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, 
it just has to it just has to happen it has to be real there's there's some companies that say oh we're a culture company like well if you have to say it, you're not right <laughs> like hey dave i'm an honest guy well i'm gonna assume you're an honest guy once you start saying things it's not what it is so people come into our office and they're like this is kind of like feels like google or some kind of like open place and I take it as a compliment. Yeah, and you should. You've done a great job, and I appreciate you sharing that story because it's, it's important for people to know who you are and what you're about and what your firm's about, uh, which is a good segue for you to tell them how they can contact you if they want to learn more, if they'd like to work with you. Yep, sure. So you can reach out to us anytime at uh, helpmepcs.com. There's contact forms there. And um, um, on my email quite a bit. This is probably the longest it's been since I checked my email. It's uh, anthony at helpmepcs.com. Gotcha. Let, let's take it back to the IT world for a minute and bring it inside an organization. Uh, we talked a little bit in the first segment about kind of what goes wrong and, and if people are lazy in terms of like a phishing thing. Let's talk a little bit about how individuals, companies can prevent what I'll call sort of a, a proactive um, violation or, or of their computer, so to speak. And the example I share with you at the break was a friend was telling me recently that she had a problem with the printer called what she thought was the, uh, the IT support line for that company. And then after talking to them and they were telling her that she's got viruses, maybe realized maybe it really wasn't the company I talked to. Right. What, what are things that people are doing like that in a proactive way and what can we do to stop that i mean business leaders really need to train their staff right it's kind of like taking a bath right you don't take a really good shower on monday so then you're good till thursday right you got to do it every day yeah and it's the same thing you know the way these hackers work it's fud right kind of like the stock market fear uncertainty and doubt so it's in that moment of weakness remember these hackers are looking at everything. They're looking at your social media. They know when you're on vacation. Um, sometimes they get your password and they just sit in your network for six months and read your emails. So you really just want to go back to basics. You want to make sure that there's a program where weekly, hey, don't forget, don't forget that emails could be bad. Don't click links that you don't know. Um, it's just, it's just really having that constant awareness. You know, protect your perimeter. Don't let people walk around your building. I'll give you one quick story where yeah. we hacked a CPA firm out west. Here's how we hacked them. We pulled into their parking lot and parked kind of crooked, and we left our lights flashing for 30 minutes. We walked in and said, hey, we're waiting for AAA. We, got, we just got from the airport. Can we use your restroom? Walked in. Lady was so kind. Let us use a restroom. Well, we didn't really use the restroom. We opened the door. Okay. Nobody's there. And we plugged our devices in. Now, again, this company paid us to hack them, so there was yeah. nothing wrong with it. But did we really hack them? Are we info technology geniuses? No, we walked in and they they felt bad for us and we took advantage of them. And that's what hackers will do, you know? Yeah, that's a great point because it's human nature that you're just describing there and people want to be helpful. So it really is about keeping your guard up. Yeah, be helpful, but guess what? Make sure that someone follows that person, right? Let them use your restroom. I'm not saying, I'm not saying be mean, but don't let some stranger unattended walk through your office, right? Yeah. Okay, here, use the bathroom. I'll be waiting outside for you. I'm going to escort you out of the building. Gotcha. So you have a, a truck that you call the, the tech tank. And for anybody who's seen you on Fox, they've, they've probably seen it. But for those who haven't, can you describe that? That's kind of a cool vehicle. Yeah, we have a, we have a fully functional mobile office, which thankfully, you know, for my family, my children, and, and myself, it's, it's changed my life. So uh, we have the uh, extra long, extra tall Ford Sprinter van. And basically what I did was I built a desk somewhat like this into there. And uh, I call it the Robocop of cars, right? It's half office and half limo. So we have a little fun in there. You got the, the bar and the fridge so you could pack a lunch and the sound system. But realistically speaking, it is a powerhouse for work. Because think about it. When I'm going 60 miles an hour down 295, no one's knocking on my door. No one's interrupting me. 
I am working. And I'm on the road about 25 hours a week. So I joke around and say, my superpower is I get three extra work days of work than the average person. Not because I have more hours, but because I'm using my time more efficiently. Yeah. Have you ever been hacked? I've never been hacked. Now, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm lying. I was hacked once. When I was when I was 15 years old and I had the bulletin board system, we used to use these things called shell accounts, right? I'm not even going to get into that. It was, <laughs> it was basically a shell that would get you on the internet. And um, someone actually took over my keyboard and it freaked me out. Um, it was an old Telnet client and um, I don't even know how they hacked me back in the day, but they got me. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, and we probably have about 90 seconds, two minutes left in the program. When somebody goes after your ID as opposed to your money, I mean, that's, that's really serious stuff. How, how can we overturn that if possible? It's, it's really tough. I mean, unless, unless you're going to get patents or other things, because, you know, at the end of the day, right, all we have is ideas and IP. And, you know, you want to protect yourself. You know, it's more of, more of sharing it publicly. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, my, my method to success, I share right on our website, LiveLine, right? It's so stupid. We pick up the phones live and you work with a small team, right? Other IT companies are like, what's your secret to success? I'm like, just watch my 30-second video. It's how we deliver service. Now, the behind the scenes of our idea is how do we program our phone systems? How do we, how do we have the communications where everyone's so fast to get yeah. to each other? So there's a little secret sauce to it, but at the end of the day, I'm giving you my secret. And um, you know, once you, once you have a product that goes live, it could be duplicated. How about identity theft? Identity theft's terrible. I always laugh at the guy. Um, I forget the uh, name of the, there's so many companies now, but he used to Lifeline. Lifelock, yeah. He used to, Lifelock. He used to put his uh, social security, like, no one could hack me. That guy was hacked like a hundred times. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, if you go onto the dark web. Um, yeah, what is the dark web? We hear that all the time. So the internet that you see, you only see about 2% of it. Um, the dark web, you have to u utilize a VPN, a browser called Tor, and, and basically know your way around. But it's, I mean, if you go on the Silk, Silk Road, I mean, they're selling body parts on that site. I mean, it's, it's a very, very dark web that's all connected. Facebook's on the dark web. Um, it's, just, it's just a whole different society. It's a whole diff they have a whole different news. And uh, it's, it's interesting, but it's, it's dark. So if somebody's determined to get your identity... Uh, is there a way to protect that? No. Can, can you recover from that? Not really. I mean, yeah, you could always recover. You could lock your credit. You could do other things. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, my name, your name, social security numbers, all that stuff, they're sold on the dark web for five bucks, 10 bucks. You know, a complete credit file you could pick up for 20 bucks. I mean, you know, there's so many other people. I could, I could do the best job protecting you. But think about it. Your bank has their social security number, uh, your credit card company. You need one person to screw up one time. So this, this whole myth that you could protect yourself is just really a joke because you can't. You're depending on other people. As soon as I fill out that credit app, as soon as I sign up for that new bank, as soon as I do anything where I give you my information to someone else, I can't protect it anymore. Yeah, and you mentioned something in the first segment about hackers actually sitting on information. So they may not necessarily begin the attack once they've gotten the data oh, from yeah. you. And you're lulled into a false sense of security thinking nothing's even happened. Yeah, absolutely. If you've seen the uh, LinkedIn hack from three years ago, people would send you an email and say, hey, we have your password, and it was your old LinkedIn password. And either A, we know you're cheating on your wife, or B, we had your web camera and saw you on pornographic websites, so send Bitcoin to this address, or we're releasing it. They have neither of the fact, but they do have the fact that on the dark web that your LinkedIn email and password, and I can't tell you how many people don't change their password in three years. Yeah. I got more emails on that. That was another story we covered on Fox, and I had more emails. Aunt, this is really creepy. Should I send a Bitcoin? Like, I'm not cheating on my wife, but the guy has my password. It's like, no, he has your old LinkedIn password. Oh, well, you didn't change it. 
Yeah. So what's the first time before somebody actually gets that kind of outreach? What, how can people know that perhaps that they've been vulnerable or, or violated in some fashion? Um, I mean, definitely, you know, I made fun of the guy from LifeLock, but they do have a great service. You know, sign up for credit monitoring services. Yeah. Um, you know, have a separate email for all your financial transactions, right? Especially holiday shopping's coming up, right? Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all that good stuff. You know what that is? That's a way for all these big companies to get all your info. So set up a private credit card that you just use for that shopping. Right. And secondly, a private email. So now all that email, all that spam, all that junk will go there and stay aside from your personal life. Shut the not, not shut it down, but don't use that email again until next year. Very good. So I know you're going to probably wind up on some national news network talking about the hot holiday gifts. I'm going to see if I can uh, kind of get a, a jump on that. Is there anything that's that's on your list for people for coming up in the holidays as we have like maybe 30 seconds to go? I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a cool one. Um, you're going to see some some new holiday gifts that are basically things that you put around your head and they use low radio vibrations. And um, it's supposed to program you for calmness and mindfulness. So instead of having that Red Bull for that jolt or that cup of coffee, um, there's going to be a lot of meditative things from what I'm seeing on there. Um, I have one, I forget the name of it, just got shipped to my office from a company. So I'm reviewing that product. And, um, you know, for all the kids, all your gaming, all your new game pads. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of cool gaming accessories coming out. So I'm, I'm still a gamer at heart. So I Great look stuff. At that. Unfortunately, we're out of time. But Anthony, thank you so much for joining us on Behind the Numbers. Today, we were talking about IT. We were talking about data vulnerability, entrepreneurship, a whole bunch of stuff. Great info from Anthony Mangeluzzo, president of PCS. I'm Dave Bookbinder. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Thanks.